Hello and welcome. Is your business your mission and your mission your business? If yes, you found your tribe. Whether you feel like it or not, you are avant-garde, going your own way, making your own path, doing it like no one has done before. And the answers to the challenges you're facing aren't in a book. My friend, you are not alone. This is the Avant-Garde Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Bailey, a mission-minded serial entrepreneur and traveler. My purpose on this earth is to use my authenticity and passion to equip and empower social entrepreneurs to live in their highest calling, feeling freedom, fulfillment, and security, and inspiring others to do the same. Join me for stories, tips, and tricks for taking avant-garde inspired action in your business so that you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. I believe it doesn't have to be hard to be right. Welcome to episode 10 of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I am so glad that all of you are here. This is a monumental day for the podcast because we have um, our very first guest. And I love, love, love talking to and being with social entrepreneurs. And, you know, especially, I don't know if it's the same way in your country, but especially in the U.S., you hear so much garbage on the news. And much of it's not even true. It's spun for sensationalism and to get everyone in a panic. And the truth is the real stories of modern day heroes, they rarely make the news. But these heroes are change makers who are changing lives one by one. And we have so much to learn from them, both as peers, these people that are our friends who are on the front lines helping to alleviate poverty, and also as mentors. So people who are in our are also social entrepreneurs, are also in business, but they're in different phases of their journey than we might be. In episode nine, I talked about where to find coaches and about the amazing opportunities of meeting people at virtual events. And one of the people I mentioned was someone I met at the Social Enterprise World Forum. His name is Douglas Smith, and he is from Western Uganda. We met on a virtual coffee break at the conference. And many of you know, I'm an introvert and I reluctantly clicked the networking button and there was Douglas's smiling face. So the very first networking coffee break I had it was with Douglas. And since then, I've been hooked. Although I have to say Douglas set the bar high <laughs> for a virtual <laughs> coffee break. <laughs> so Thank you. Since then, we stayed in touch on LinkedIn and cheered each other on. And way back in October, I was at the very beginning stages of the podcast. I don't even think I recorded my first episode. And I asked Douglas if he would be my very first guest. And he said, yes. And six months later, here we are. So Douglas, (laughs) thank you so much for being here today, Douglas. I'm so humble, Tricia. And it's your birthday of all days. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm super excited about it. You know, you know, hosting me on, on my birthday really means a lot to me. Oh, thanks. Well, Douglas, I actually didn't even ask Douglas for a bio. 
because I feel like I'm such a fan. I know so much about him. <laughs> so I'm just going to share with you what I think Douglas's bio is. <laughs> so he is from Ibanda in Western Uganda, and he is a medical yep. student turned social entrepreneur. He's sure. the founder and CEO of SportRise, the very first durable, affordable, handmade soccer ball or football, depending on where you're from. And he's also the co-founder of Paleta Health, which is giving millions of people access to affordable health care. Douglas has won countless awards, and he believes in the importance of affordable health care for all and the power of sport to unite us. He has a tremendous heart for children. I think he has a tremendous heart for everybody, but especially for children and soccer. And even started a nonprofit to help disadvantaged children have the opportunity for sport. In my opinion, Douglas is a modern day hero and change maker. And I am so honored to learn from him. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Quite a beautiful introduction. Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So, <laughs> so, Douglas, you know, you are so unique because you have not one, but two social enterprises. I don't know yeah. how you've done it, but tell me about your first social enterprise, Sport Rise. Thank you, Tricia. Uh, once again, I'm very grateful and very glad to be on this episode, I'm so, so, so grateful. Um, Douglas Smith and my other name is Adam. In Uganda, we happen to, in Uganda, most Ugandans have uh, local names. Unfortunately, I don't have one. I, I don't know, but uh, that's what my, what my parents chose. So I'm Douglas Smith Adam, and uh, I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Rise a social enterprise company that makes affordable and durable soccer balls. And then uh, I'm also the co-founder and CEO of Pelita Health that uh, is transforming, um, like you said, millions of lives through giving them affordable health care. Yeah. So starting with SportRise, I'm so much passionate about sports. I've grown up very passionate about sports. I've played football right from childhood. I used to miss sometimes lunch because of football, you know. And uh, we used not to play these balls that that we buy in shops. We used to make our own balls from uh, banana fibers. You know banana fibers? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So we used to make uh, those balls uh, from banana fibers, and those those are what we used to play because that is those are the balls that we used to that we used to afford. And football united us when we were children. Uh, it gave us a lot of hope. It gave us a lot of confidence. Then later on in life, um, I joined uh, an academy, and uh, football in one way or another. I got very many friends. I mean. I made many friends through football in the academy. And there is a way football gave me a lot of confidence in, in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't go further to play professional football much as I really wanted to. So I retired uh, playing football in 2019. I think, oh, yeah, okay. 2019, mm-hmm. 2019, yeah. So I was playing for a club called uh, Ivanda Municipal Sports Club. Yeah, so and that is a uh, uh, third division here in Uganda. So 
I, but I really loved football so much. So in uh, 2017, in 2017, because I saw I was, of course, growing old and I realized maybe I wouldn't go really very far with uh, uh, playing professional football. I felt like I needed to give a chance uh, to, to young people and or children coming up to give them a chance to explore their talents. And, mm-hmm. and maybe you never know, they would be somewhere in the future. So I founded a non-profit organization called the Smith Soccer Foundation. Mm-hmm. Previously, I first called it even a Young Stars Soccer Academy. Later on, I generalized it to make it the Smith Soccer Foundation. So the Smith Soccer Foundation uh, uses the power of soccer to bring about a positive social impact in communities. We help children, disadvantaged children. We bring them together through the power of football. We help them to, we, we sensitize them about uh, issues like HIV AIDS, drug abuse. And then also we support them through their school because most of them cannot afford school fees. Yeah, so we do help them. And then we partner with schools, most of the schools in our areas, in our communities, so that they give them scholarships. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So those are the talented children are taken up by most of the schools that we partner with, and they're given scholarships. Yeah, so that is the Smith Soccer Foundation. So while building the Smith Soccer Foundation, of course, using a, a soccer as a vehicle for social change, the biggest this, uh, the biggest challenge that we faced we faced was soccer balls because uh, mm-hmm. soccer balls here in Uganda are very expensive. That is one, and secondly, they are not durable as such. So mm-hmm. I really had to find out how best I can solve this big challenge within my organization because they say first before you find someone a solution for someone's problem first you need to find out does it are you facing that that problem you yourself so i was facing that problem they they talk about being expensive then being not durable so i had to come up with an idea how best I can make durable soccer balls in Uganda. So when I made research, I learned that in Uganda, there was no any football manufacturing company. And in Africa, there's only one form of football manufacturing company, which is called wow. Alive and Picking. Okay. Yes. Only one. Yes. Wow. Yes, only one. And it's Uganda. the national sport of Africa. <laughs> yeah. wow. Yes. Wow. So... I realized that this is why maybe soccer balls are really expensive in Africa, whereas it is the most, in Africa, soccer is the most loved sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I really decided myself and said, okay, I'm going to take up this challenge to come up with a, a company that makes soccer balls locally here in Uganda, generally in Africa. Because even this, the company that is in Africa is UK-based. So mm-hmm. it is, so... I came up with the idea of making soccer balls locally here in Uganda. But then again, I wanted it to, again to have a more social impact. Besides, you know, helping children, disadvantaged children, whatever, I still wanted my idea to be so unique enough to have an environmental impact in the community. Yeah, so my idea was when I made research, I learned that I really can recycle plastic waste and make what they call polyester cloth, mm-hmm. and then underline it under our leather and to make a soccer ball. Because when you look at the production of uh, 
look the production of a soccer ball. A soccer ball usually is underlined with layers of a plaster cloth underneath the leather. Oh, so it's yes. polyester underneath the leather, usually. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, so a standard ball usually has four layers of polyester under leather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I did intense research and learned that yeah, polyester can be can be made from recycled plastic waste. Wow. But you see, I, but I didn't have fun. I did have capital enough money because it needs a lot of money to have machines that can recycle plastic waste to mm-hmm. polyester cloth. Yeah, so I started small using already made polyester. Mm-hmm. to make uh, this, the, the soccer balls. And I was recognized, of course, as the first Ugandan to have made a soccer ball. And I know media went crazy. The country went crazy. <laughs> as well they should. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I received very many interviews. Everyone wanted to find out who this young man is who, who can make a ball here in Uganda. I mean, like, it was something new and something rare for someone to come up with an idea of making soccer balls here in Uganda. And, you know, when they would make research and they find out that there's only one company in Africa, I mean, they would they would find, they would realize that this is something that is out of the world. I mean, it's an idea that is so outstanding, something like that. Yeah. So I came up with the idea and then um, I still wanted my idea of recycling plastic waste to be valid enough mm-hmm. to make us at least a, an impact in the world. So I came up, uh, my friend uh, helped me to connect with a company in China that recycles plastic waste to make uh, polyester cloth. Ah, yeah. wow. So, okay. So what we did is that because we didn't have enough money or we didn't have money to buy machines to recycle plastic waste, into polyester ourselves here in Uganda. So what we did, we had to partner with uh, a company in China that completely recycles plastic waste, 100% plastic waste into polyester cloth. So what they do is that they do that for us and then they give us the polyester cloth. Then that is the polyester cloth that we and that we put under the, the leather to make our soccer balls. So basically, uh, that is Portrise. As Portrise has been in existence for two years. It is going to make two years uh, next month in May. Douglas, it seems like it's been around for 10 years. That's amazing <laughs> that you're only two. Oh, not even two. I wow. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Of course, like, I meet very many people who who sometimes can't believe that Portrise has been in existence for only two years yes. because... Yeah, yeah, it has been all over, and our balls have been uh, all over, something like that. We're so grateful. I'm so grateful to God that uh, it's not easy coming up with an idea, then we build it. So, yeah, that is basically all about, I mean, sport rise. So, what we do, sport rise is that we make soccer balls, then we we sell them. And then when you sell them, the profits that we make from the balls, we use them now to to donate soccer balls to unserved communities and disadvantaged uh, children. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And the, wow. Talk about the power of speaking things into being or writing it in the tablets. You name your company Sport Rise. 
and you rise in sport in a very short time. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, basically that was the main objective of, of naming this the company Sport Rise because yeah. I wanted to have the sports to have to be on the rise in my in my country. Yeah. And Africa generally. And I'm yeah. glad that I'm I'm seeing the results. Yes, that's amazing. So how Thank many you. people I know that so you get the polyester from come gets mayor you get that from China. So they take the plastic, they recycle it, they send you the polyester. So you have the polyester, the leather, the thread, and how, and the balls are absolutely amazing. How many people, what does it look like kind of behind the scenes for actually bringing the balls to life? Well, we're employing around uh, 200 stitchers. 200 stitchers? Yeah, 200 stitchers. Wow. So we teachers are the people that do the biggest work. Those are the core of the company, I can say, because those are the people that bring the, the product to life. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, of course, we have, we have uh, the quality controllers, uh, those that make sure that the ball that has come out is really perfect and standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I have also a board of advisors, uh, like any young man uh, with a startup, of course, uh, you really face a lot of challenges when you're building your startup. So mm-hmm. I can say I have a board of, of advisors mm-hmm. that really helped me in, in terms of building my startup and who advise me here and there to make sure that I don't mix up issues mm-hmm. in, in building mm-hmm. this, yeah, this yeah. company. So when it comes to your employees, you have lots of them. What do you really hope for them in terms of opportunity and personal growth? My employees, I really would love them to live by example and to live an inspiring life the way I live my kind of life because Mm -hmm. my kind of life is an inspiring life. I live to inspire generations to come. I live to inspire young people and they all look up to me. So in terms of personal growth and what, I really would love to see my employees leading the kind of life that I live, an inspiring life, mm. a life of leading by an example. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Well, you set the bar high. <laughs> so so let's, let's say a social entrepreneur comes to you or someone who's new in business who has a startup. And they say, they look at you as a coach. You're just like, you're a football coach. They say, coach, what do I need to know? What is something that you would tell them if a new person comes to you and says, what do I need to know? Yeah, um, I would tell them that when you're leading, uh, when when you're building a social enterprise company or when you're leading a social enterprise company, it is all about impact. That's what brings about satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about impact. Yeah. Looking at the smiles, for example, for me, uh, what I really find so satisfying in, in a social enterprise company or in my companies is one, seeing the smiles maybe of uh, pregnant mothers or the mothers mm-hmm. that have delivered and, you know, they were able to pay their bills. 
you know, and then uh, looking at the kids are enjoying playing or soccer balls, having fun, something like that. This is what, you know, gets me. So what I would tell someone that comes to me, I would tell them that uh, a social enterprise company or leading a social enterprise is all about, you know, bringing an impact in the world. And that's mm. what satisfies, that's what brings about satisfaction. So mm. you don't have to think about money or profits won't really bring the satisfaction in a social enterprise company. Mm. To me, I think it is animal. Secondly, I think um, I would tell them that it's really not easy. It won't be uh, any easy to, to build a social, for example, if they, really, if they wanted to build a, a social enterprise company, yeah, it definitely won't be easy but it is worth it. I mean, it's yeah. worth it, especially if you're passionate about bringing a positive impact in communities. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, but it's worth it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not yeah. easy, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If someone said, coach, okay, so I know that it's, I know it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. And mm-hmm. if I understand that I need to not worry about profit because that's, that it's really more about impact versus profit. So what do I need to be? How do I need to act? How do I need to carry myself to, as a social entrepreneur? What would yeah. you tell them? Like I mentioned before, the way I lead my company and the way I would want my employees to be, the same applies to someone that I would want to coach who, who comes to me and asks coach, uh, how do, should I handle myself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'm a social, if I'm a, I'm a social entrepreneur, I definitely would tell them that lead by example mm-hmm. and live an inspiring life. Because I mean, if you're a social entrepreneur, almost everyone looks up to you. For mm-hmm. example, for me, most of the young people in my community they look up to me. Almost what I do, they tell their parents, mm-hmm. I would wish to do <laughs> what Douglas is doing. I would wish to help my community the way Douglas is helping. I mean, when I maybe when I reach in my village and I find there is someone struggling to pay a medical bill and I help them, I mean, there's someone aside who will say, I would really want my son to, to lead his life the way Douglas does. I mean, so I think social entrepreneurs really need to live an inspiring life, to lead your life by example so mm-hmm. that people look up to you Yeah, that's amazing. So obviously, living an inspiring life and leading by example is working because you have started your second social enterprise. And you mentioned something a little bit about moms and babies earlier, but can you tell us more about Paleta Health and what makes Paleta Health so important? All right, thank you. So like uh, you said in my, when you're talking, when you're, talking about my introduction or introducing me to yeah the listeners i am a medic i actually graduated so i'm a medical laboratory technician wow yeah i am so passionate about health so passionate about health so basically i wanted to i the two fields that i'm so passionate about sports and health so why growing up i was so passionate about sports and as as i went in in school i I lived in a way that I really wanted to go into the health sector. I wanted to help people, you know. So I had to go to medical school after my high school. 
So when I came out of medical school, of course, then I found it portraits. But along the way, I learned that there were a lot of challenges in the health sector. So I picked one big challenge that even in my community is being faced by many people. And I really wanted to to solve it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I came up with Pay Later Health to increase financial access to health care. When you look at the brief profile of Pelita Health, in Uganda, only 1% access uh, insurance. Only 1% wow. like this in Uganda access, access insurance. I want to make sure our listeners hear this. Only 1% of people in Uganda have access to insurance. That's to insure. amazing. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So, and the very, very, very high pocket expenditure for healthcare here in Uganda. People usually spend a lot to access healthcare and others fear to go to hospitals because they fear to be built, you know. They fear to so, be built. Yeah, exactly. So I really found it very, very, very touching. And then uh, later on, there is a woman in one of the districts called Ntungamo district. Mm-hmm. She delivered at a health center gate. It's called the Chitwe Health Center 3 because she could not afford 15 US dollars. 15 wow. US dollars. Yeah. And she delivered. They could not allow her inside the hospital. So and she delivered at the gate of the hospital? So exactly. Oh my she delivered gosh. Wow. at the health, yeah, at the hospital gate. Wow. Why? Because she didn't afford the money they wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was so touching. Then I asked myself, how do I really come up with a solution to solve such a big challenge in my country? So I put up my some friends of mine together who are so passionate about health as well. So I said, I think we need to come up with a solution. So we put our heads together and came up with a solution. Pelita Health. So Pelita, what does Pelita Health do? It helps an insured, insured low-income earners mm-hmm. to prepare for and afford quality health care anywhere at all times. Yeah, so how do we do it? We do it in a way that in Uganda, the least that someone maybe can save a day is around uh, five US dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, yeah. So we said uh, we need to help the low-income earners to save as low as Mm 0.25 U.S. dollars, 0.25 U.S. dollars to save it. It can be every day. It can be any time that they feel like. And that is the least they can save. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they, they save it. They can save it cumulatively. On both, it can be uh, our our services are both on internet and off internet. So they can use the mobile, yeah, they can use their mobile phones to save as low as zero point two five US dollars cumulatively, specifically for healthcare. And then they can use that fund to buy medicine from uh, pharmacies, from uh, health centers when they get sick. Also, in case uh, maybe, for example, like. If, for example, someone is in the hospital and the bill is maybe too big for them, we what we do is that uh, we provide, if, for example, the bill is bigger than their saved fund, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So what we do is that we provide a medical loan. We top up on those up, okay. the self okay. funds, and then they clear their bill, and then they can pay later. Now that's where the pay later comes in. Pay la- so oh, they- pay later! Oh, wow! Yes. <laughs> so even in English, wow. Okay, so oh, Douglas, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you there for a minute. So first of all, I want the listeners to know that I have linked Douglas's website in the show notes to Peleta Peleta Health. I love that because yes, I never put that together. <laughs> I thought it was like a tribal name or something. And I'm going to provide a little bit of context. So what Douglas is talking about is, I'm not sure about in Europe, but in the United States, we have these things called health savings accounts. And in Uganda, just like in the U.S., believe it or not, health insurance can run between 200 and 1500 U.S. dollars, even in Uganda. And many Ugandans make less than $5 a day, right, Douglas? So can you imagine how difficult it is for people in developed countries to pay for health insurance, let alone people in Uganda who are living on less than $5 a day? So the program is that Douglas has is very much like a health savings account where people can put in the equivalent of like as little as 13 cents for dollars or I think 15 cents for euros or Douglas was saying 25 cents a day. So they can put it in like 25 cents a day or 25 cents a week, 25 cents a month. And then what happens is when people go to medical facilities, they don't have to worry about being turned away or God forbid, having their babies at the gate of a hospital. And if someone is, and correct me if Douglas, a lot, there are a lot of people who drive motorbikes in Uganda, right? Like motor taxis. A lot of commerce is done on motorbikes. So if a father is driving a motorbike and gets into an accident, if he goes to the hospital, he can't get care if he can't pay for it. And so we're looking at an entire family, probably a couple generations of family who are put at a disadvantage because this dad can't get medical care. So what Paleta Health is doing is it makes it so that if a father gets into an accident, he goes And he can get care because he can show that he has coverage through his app, even if he doesn't have internet, right, Douglas? No internet, he can show he has coverage. And then if the medical bills are too high, if they're more than he's saved in his, like his health care savings account, then Paleta Health also provides a loan to help him pay. So I just wanted to make this little tie so that people can understand like, oh yeah, we have this, but this is amazing that you're doing this in Uganda. Thank you. Yeah, so the, the patient can pay in installments until when the, it's done. Yeah. Wow. So, Douglas, you carry a lot because you have all these children who are looking at you. You have employees who are looking at you. You have a right. wonderful girlfriend. You have parents. So you have a lot on you. What keeps you going on difficult days? Because I think we all can agree that there are difficult days. Yeah, of course, they have difficult days. They can never cease to come. All the difficult days are always there. But what really keeps me going is the impact I have brought in the world. That is one. Secondly, is how far I've come. I mean, yeah. I look at how far I've come. It gives me hope and it gives mm-hmm. me courage to keep going. Yeah. And uh, when I look at the impact, the small impact that I've made in the world, that is that alone gives me hope and it gives me courage, you know, yeah. keep going. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. So, 
so what do you do? So if you, I haven't met a lot of people who are as evolved as you, as far as recognizing that we're always going to have tough days, but actually looking to yourself and looking to your own progress as hope. How do you care for your soul and your spirit and your body? How do you take care of yourself so that you can keep going? Yeah. Personally, I'm, I'm a Christian, uh-huh. a very strong Christian, yes. from a very strong Christian family. Ah. Yes. So one, how do you nourish my soul and spirit? Through prayer. Prayer is the most powerful tool that I use to nourish my soul and my spirit. Usually I do this with my grandmother. I do it with my girlfriend. I do it with uh, with the people I work with I mean, to make sure that, that we keep our company going, to keep ourselves nourished in soul and in spirit. Mm-hmm. That is the most powerful tool. Others, of course, I do a lot of exercises. I do, a, I, like I'm a sportsman, I'm a sportsman, but the most powerful tool I use is prayer. The most powerful tool Douglas Smith uses is prayer. You heard it here, everybody, on the Avant Garde Entrepreneur Podcast. There's your key. <laughs> Amazing. So, yes. Douglas, what are you most excited about now? What's exciting you about your world now? I am. I, you're going to get surprised that I mentioned more about impact because. It's what excites me. Yeah. It's what it's yeah, yeah, it's what excites me. I'm so much excited by by the impacts that I bring about in in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, for every small impact I bring about in the world, I get excited. For every smile I bring, I get excited. I think that is the biggest thing that excites me, the impact. And I'm so much passionate about people that bring a positive impact in the world. I connect so easily with them. Yeah. Amazing, Douglas. So what can people do to support you, Douglas? What can we do Um, as listeners and viewers to support you? Thank you. Yeah, so uh, one on my Spotrise website, we are planning to introduce uh, a donation part where people can really support us. We're working on working along with my IT team to make sure that uh, they can support us. Secondly, if there is anyone that would be really interested in supporting us or supporting our work, maybe they can go through Trisha at the moment. Okay. Yes. Yes. They can go through Trisha at the moment. And we'll be very grateful for any kind of support, any kind of support to me and my entire team and our social enterprise companies. It would really mean a lot. Great. Okay. Well, everyone, I am linking lots of resources in the show notes. And one of the the websites I'm going to list is is sportrise.com.ua. Sportrise.co.ug. Okay, sportrise.co.ug. So I'm going to link it in the show notes. I've looked at the Sportrise website so much, but then I forgot about what was on the end. Sorry, Douglas. (laughs) I'm linking (laughs) Douglas's profile on LinkedIn if you want to send him a message. And also some other links of uh, to Palata Health and to some of the awards, so you can get a little bit better sense about Douglas. Although I think he's done an incredible job of talking about what really matters here. And then also, if you want to get 
more information or to support Douglas in any way, please send me a message on LinkedIn or send me an email. I think you all know that that's the best way to find me. So Douglas, also one thing, you are going to be at the Startups Expo 2022, correct? Is that in June? Sorry? Is the Startup Expo, is that coming up? Is that in June? Yep. Yeah, June, June. June, excellent. Okay. Well, Douglas, you have made my day. Thank you so much for being here oh, on your birthday. You really <laughs> made my day too, because you know, uh, on my birthday, I really feel so happy and excited, oh. and so humbled. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you, Douglas, for being a change maker, and thank you to you and your family, and for Joanna, and for all of you making this happen for you to be here. And I'm I look so forward humbled. to watching you in the future. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Okay, Douglas. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Avant-Garde Entrepreneur. I hope you feel encouraged, equipped, empowered, and unstoppable. If you enjoyed what you heard, share it with a friend. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it here on your podcast player. Questions, comments, or feedback? Connect with me directly at trishabaileyphd.com or on social at trishabaileyphd. Now, you go and get back to making the world a better place. I'll see you back here soon.